Hello and welcome back to the trough. It has been a while since I've posted anything here. Um, I've been really busy in personal life. I've been off, you know, in the spiritual life a little bit. Everything has just been a mess. Um, but I'm glad that I can I can get on here uh, and post something. God and I have been on a, a weird journey over the last month, two months, three months. Um, and I, I just have been like, not trying to put a push out a blessing too early and all kinds of things like that. There's just been a lot of lot a lot of going on and um one thing for sure that's been going on is I now attend Lancaster Bible College for all who don't know. Um I'm pursuing my biblical study degree to further my understanding of theology and um just of his word. Um and to grow in my passion and my desire to serve him as we all uh, who worship the living God do. But um, I want to just get in today. I got some words of encouragement. I got some things that God and I have been doing together lately um, that have been helping me immensely through this time of where it feels more or less that I'm like lamenting um, and my heart's been breaking more and more often. And it's it's been a humbling process lately and there's all kinds of stuff going on, and I just, I'm praying for you guys. Pray for me too, um, and let's get right into this today. So, I've had a lot going on in my personal life, like I say, not in spiritual life, everything. And um, anyone who knows me knows I used to be very, like, anxiety and worry-ridden. Um, and I've, I battle constantly still today with the brush, uh, depression in itself. Um, this isn't a pity party for me, so please don't take it that way. Um, these are just topics that I'm bringing to the table today um, that are not focused on enough and not explained enough, I feel, in the, in the church today to a level where we as believers and we as, you know, um, like in fellowship and community are not are, are lacking helping each other are lacking in our own understanding of it instead of just being like coming up to our friends and hitting them with the casual Philippians four four you know cast all your worries and anxiety onto on, onto God and or like your Matthew six um, where it's like don't you know that you're worth more than a sparrow like yeah all these things ring true but to your average person or your average believer even, um, that verse is only going to go so far. That verse can be read over and over and over and heard over and over. But unless it, it penetrates the spirit, like Jesus, who is the double-edged sword, um, unless it's it's piercing and going through our spirit and going through our mind and heart, we are never going to fully grasp the meaning and fully use these verses in battle. Um, if you haven't, go back and listen to my Armor of God uh, episode. And before you listen to this one, I do recommend going back to the Repentance, the greatest U-turn you'll ever make, uh, that bit, that um, podcast episode too. Because those are both going to tie very big into this because this is going to be a, like a, a helpful um 
weapon and help sharpen your swords in, in battle when it comes to these topics of things such as like anxiety, worry, depression, brokenheartedness, um, loneliness, all that kind of stuff that we all daily battle with. Um, and it's just unspoken of. So I'm hitting it. I'm hitting the, I'm going after it. I'm sick of it in my own life. I'm sick of having to deal with it. I'm sick of having to see it in the people like that I love, have to deal with it. Sick of hearing, not like in a mean way, but like in a, I'm just sick of, I'm sick of the devil and, and his army taking and running all over not only believers, and not, but non-believers too, because both are heartbreaking things. Um, so I just wanted to really get into it. Like if you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Spirit, or as your Lord and Savior, my apologies, I just want to give you a reminder right here, right now, that His Spirit is living inside of you. You live in, live in that confidence, live in the confidence knowing that the Holy Spirit is literally like all up in your heart. Like give yourself some pride checks, some humility, some idolatry checks, whatever you need. Like come to God in prayer being like, show me what's wrong. Like show me why I can't, I'm like the Spirit's not flowing like the living, the living water out of the, the river. Like why is it not flowing? Why do we, why do we got a, a dam up right now? Like Come to him and ask him these things. Tell him to reveal these things to you so the Spirit can move. Humble yourselves and seek him with our whole heart, our whole mind, our whole body. And he is more than willing to show up. I can tell you that just from reading recently through like Matthew 7, um, 1 through 11. And in Matthew 7 through 11, or excuse me, uh, Matthew 7, verses 7 through 11, uh, there's three components that he gives. Ask, seek, and knock. When you ask, you will be given and you will receive. When you seek, you will find. And when you knock, it will be opened. So ask according to his will, not our own agenda. Scratch, leave your, leave your calendar, your planner books, all that at the altar to be refined and consumed in the fire. Seek him everywhere. Everywhere you go, check, leave no stone unturned, no bush unshooken, no door unopened. Knock on every door and use that godly discernment to be like, God, you know, like, I'm knocking, I want to know, I, I, I desire, like, can you show me? Come to him, give him your whole mind and heart, and he is for sure to provide. And if you have not accepted Jesus, I'm telling you right now that this is probably a good message for you. If you're dealing with any of these things, or even if you're not dealing with these things, just to hear just who he is as a God and who he is as our Savior, our Redeemer. So I I like to give... I'm going to... No, I'm not even going to go there. I'm going to start with the ultimate sacrifice. Um, the ultimate sacrifice to God is found in Psalms fifty-one seventeen. And after reading this and hearing this in my own um, endeavors through the Word, it has completely changed my life. It is completely just like, it makes me understand other people better. It made me understand my own transformation better, my renewing. And I hope that this can help yours too. In Psalms 51, verse 17, it says, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart, oh God, you will not despise. God needs that. I'm not saying go out there, get your spirit broken, get your heart broken. 
I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that, especially for those who are not believing yet, that God is nearest to you when you are broken. If you are a believer too, this verse very much applies to you too. If you're wondering and you're doubting, I'm going to give you some some pointers right now to understand what it means um, to have a dead spirit, a dead, like a broken heart, a contrite, a low spirit, a humbled spirit. Um, a dead spirit is is easily understood by you can't feel joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And we've all heard that before many times over. And um, if if we're not relying and we're not abiding in the Lord, his joy cannot strengthen us because we are broken human beings. We're not meant to have it together. We're not meant to be perfect at all. Otherwise, we would have never needed Jesus. We would have never needed the Messiah to come. So with that being said, we you don't have to put that wall up. Seriously. And if, if you feel like you have that wall up, like... I don't even know how to say it. Just don't reach out to me if you have to. My social medias are all active again. Um, I'm back on Instagram, back on TikTok. I'm back on Snapchat. Everything is open again. Please just message me. Text me if you got my number. Whatever you need to do. Just me- message. Let's get that wall broken down. Let's pray together. Let's let's get moving in the spirit. There's too much to be done in this world. We have too much heaven to bring down that Jesus paid too high high of a price that we get to choose and we get to be his secretary to see who we want in heaven. Um, but going back, focus, totally went off track right there. Dead spirit. You can't feel joy. You can't experience intimacy. And don't get all weirded out by the word intimacy. Intimacy is just a closeness factor. You can't feel that closeness. Um, you, you're not crying appropriate tears. You're numb on the inside. You're putting, like I said, you're putting up the walls. Um, stress. Stress is running rampant in your lives. If these are things that are going on, I'm telling you right now, your heart is broken. Your spirit is dying and you need revival. And the greatest doctor is Jesus Christ. He came to he- not for the healthy, but for the sick. He is a doctor to the sick. Luke, the Gospel of Luke, fun fact, Luke was a very renowned physician in his day. And yet Luke writes so much about Jesus being a great healer. That's coming from a medical professional in that day. And yet we can still recognize Jesus as being the ultimate doctor for the sick, the sick in spirit, the dying in spirit. He is your life alert. Um, more things are like you're doing things in, in fits of anger you or and it's it's hiding that the pain on the inside and like it reminds me of like going back to my pre Jesus life I used to like three days grace okay still still enjoy you know like heavy rock but like anyway like three days grace has a song called pain. And it's it's like I would rather feel pain than nothing at all. And what pain, it reminds me of this now, so what pain are you hiding? What pain on the inside are you covering that you are feeling that you're now you are hiding with fits of anger that, that you can't talk about, that you can't 
come out and and just speak about because you're you would rather just deal with that pain than have to to give it up and and feel empty. And but I'm gonna tell you right now, any believer, anyone who's got the spirit living inside of them. Give up that anger to God first. Let him refine it. Let him purify it. And let him help you give wise counsel in a more loving way. One that is patient and kind and um, is not proud. Um, and, and lastly, like a dead, a dead spirit very much so leads to a poor spirit. And a poor spirit sounds a lot worse than it really is. A poor spirit... Is is simple terms. It comes. This comes out of the, the Sermon on the Mount when he's given the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Um, to be poor in spirit is to be impoverished. To be, to be broke. To be without any kind of 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 currency of home. You don't have a home. You don't have food. You don't have water. And I'm gonna tell you right now, Jesus is our refuge. God, he he is. The living bread, the the living water. He is the manna from heaven in the wilderness. When we are all alone and in the wild, He is what feeds us. He is our strength. All these things come in the in the person of Jesus Christ. I know that was a lot right there, and I know I was talking fast, and I was kind of like all over the place. I'm gonna try and gather myself. I really just got a lot to say, and I'm trying not to drag this out like I usually do. Um. But prayer is the cure for all of this. And I know that's like everyone, You've how many times have we all heard, just pray about it. Just give it to God. You know, like just pray and pretend. And it's that simple. Like it really, it does not get more simple than that. But I know that we all come to a point where we're like, why would God want to help me? Or I can't believe God would let this happen. Or I'm so angry. Why am I suffering? This isn't fair. And all this kind of stuff. And I'm telling you right now, in those moments, he sits there and he is next to you, weeping along with you. This is what I call like the crying corner. Everyone always has this vision of like God in our, and when we're sinning or when we're, we're angry at him or something like that. And it's, he, while he is holy, while he is just and, um, he has his his stand like his way is different than the way of this world, and we're not supposed to conform to it. We got to take we we are on a narrow path, one that is not broad, one that does not lead to destruction, one that leads to eternal life, to to bodies without disease and and without pain, and it's like you're, it, it, the only one in heaven who's got the scars are him who died for us to have these whole new beautiful bodies. Um, so just encouragement that suffering in this world is evident. Like we're living in a fallen state. Um, we're all going to go through suffering. It's just, it's it literally like, sorry, but it's part of life. Like it really is. And I know nobody wants to hear that. Everyone wants to be comforted in it, but this world was not, was intended for beauty and no pain but we chose to walk away from God and the further we stray from God the more pain and the more suffering despite what the world likes to make it out to be the more pain you are going to face because when you have him I can tell you even just from the moments and the days and the nights that I tried running to worldly things instead of prayer 
and I would I would like crack open anyone who knows I used to be very very bad addicted into and like and being part of like alcoholism and all that and I would crack a beer and I get like a couple sips in and be like I can't drink this and like the spirit instantly not even just like a convicting thing of uh, I'm I'm trying to disobey I'm I'm moving in disobedience but more of a, a loving compassionate way seeing like no this isn't how it's supposed to be and I want you to put this image in your mind if you can't do it with your eyes open close them for just 30 seconds and picture you sell yourself in your lowest moment your lowest moment and he, Jesus is walking into that room and he's trying to comfort you he wants to just he's in there he's trying to comfort you he's reaching around you he wants to give you that hug and bring you in and tell him that he, and tell you that he is there with you. He loves you and he wants a future for you with him. God's goal is not for anyone to perish, but for everyone to repent and have eternal life. We see that theme all across the Old Testament. And then we see it with the biggest part with John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that none should perish but all have eternal life. So anyway, back to the prayer part now. Prayer is a prayer about everything. Like I said, it's easy to say. And there's no wrong way or right way to do it. But when we look into into scripture, we're easy it's easy to see that Jesus even gives us direction on how we should be praying. And um I mean between our father and the different um, things that I'm going to line out for you today. And Paul writes about it. Um, I'm pretty sure James writes about it. There's multiple authors that all talk about prayer. And there's no right or wrong way to do it. Like I said, it's just a conversation between you and the loving Holy Father we have um, in heaven. But I'm going to lay out some things that I promise you it's helped me. Jesus, is he's re- revealed it to me in the spirit and in, in our devotional time together. And I'm going to bring it to you now also um, so that we can tackle these, these, this, these problems, these issues together and that it can help exhort you in a way that you can also help those um, who are in need and see it in this light too. I'm going to start in Matthew um Matthew 6, we've all heard it. I'm not going to read it all. It's Matthew 6, uh, verses 25 through 34. I'm not going to read it all because, like I say, it gets very redundant for all of us. I know it probably, like, sounds mean, but, like, I'm going I'm to take the guts from it. It says, Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is life is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? And then he goes on to talk about the birds and the sparrows. And he, it's, are you not of more value than they? Um, and then it goes further. And he talks about the lilies in the field and all of that. And how God clothes the grass. And then he finishes up with, Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? The Gentiles seek after these things. And your heavenly Father knows. He knows that you need them all. Um, And then it finishes with, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Sufficient is the day. 
Um, tomorrow will be anxious about itself. So when we look at that, Jesus lines it out very clearly. Like the entire that that entire passage, twenty five through thirty four, is literally labeled "Do not be anxious." Um, and I know, like I say, it's easier said than done. But when the more you pray, the more you're going to start to feel the shalom, the peace of God on your hearts. So first things first, seek God first instead of worrying right away and getting all frantic and stressed out and. Um, just being like not cool and collective. Like I know it's difficult because we all have times where like, I ain't got time for the prayer part. I'm just going to deal with this and, and figure it out. And I'm telling you just, just give it a two minute prayer, lay it all out. It's going to turn into seven minutes. And then next thing you know, you're going to kind of feel more at peace knowing that he's there and he's got you. Um, and so the three steps I'm going to give our prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. The first one, prayer. Prayer is just laying it out. Um, you're seeking God first. And all this can be found, before I go on, in Philippians, <laughs> go figure, Philippians 4, thir- uh, 4.13, hello. Philippians 4, uh, 5 through 7. And it reads, the Lord is at hand. So before we go further, the Lord is at hand is literally, it means one of, it can mean one of two things or both of these things, which both also do make sense. Um, first one, the Lord is at hand could mean he's coming soon, which we are all awaiting his, his, his arrival again, his second coming. Um, the other one is a physically near. We may not be able to see it with our own plain eyes in this world, but he is physically near us at all times, never leaving our side, never forsaking us. So the Lord is at hand. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So the first step is prayer. Lay it out. Lay it all out. Give it all up to God. Be like, hey, I, I can't tell you how many times I'll get down and pray in my bed and be like, Hey God, it's me. I did it again. I don't know why I keep doing that. Like, and I just am like sitting there talking to him. And before you know it, I'm just rambling on, as we all know I'm very good at. Um, and you're just laying it out. Just talk to him. Be like, Hey, I really enjoyed this. I didn't enjoy this today. Um, or if you're doing a quick prayer, just be like, hey, this is my situation. Like, this is what's going on. This is how I feel. I don't know why it's going like this. And then step two brings in supplication. Supplication is to humbly ask for assistance. So to be asking to be praying and praying. And having now supplication means you have to humble yourself. I mean, when you are, let me put it in perspective, when you get into prayer, you are entering the heavenly realms. You are talking with the creator of it all, the one who names the stars, the one who knows the number of hairs on your head. If you could just, for one moment, really try to grasp these verses, these this Bible, this this, the, who God is in just the smallest version 
and stop putting him in a box and take him out of it, you will understand how much he is truly, truly capable of. There's something like I had in prayer last night where I was like, yeah, so things are starting to look nice around here. I've been working on, you know, I, I live alone. I've been working on the apartment, you know. I'm really enjoying the way things are starting to look a little bit. I've been getting myself together. I go, I really like my, and that's where I said to my, not mine, yours. Um, he he literally has, he owns it all. Like, all of this is his. We're just renting it out. Like, I don't know if we understand that, but what you claim is yours is not really yours. It's his. But under your guise. It's under your, you, you are like the supervisor for it. How are you stewarding what he's graced you with? Like, are you making your bed? Obviously, like, I'll be honest with you right now. I don't think I made my bed today. Now that I'm thinking about it. But like, are you are you doing your chores? Are you are you stewarding what he's put in front of you? Are you being? Are you paying your bill? Are like, I don't I don't know what it resonates with you. I don't know what examples I can give. But like, right there and then, steward what he's given you. And I am very off topic, so we're gonna circle back. But, yes, prayer, lay it out. Just talk to him, give it all in. Supplication, humbly ask for assistance. Humble yourself. Know that he owns all. Know that he created all. Know that when you are there, you are literally at his throne. You are at the throne, the altar of heaven. There's no more a sacrificial altar that you go to like there was prior to Jesus' sacrifice on the cross for us that we could all be forgiven. Go to him in prayer and in supplication, humbly asking for his assistance. Lay out the situation, lay out everything about it, and and ask for that grace. Pray for the grace. He is full of mercy, full of grace. He is holy, just, too. Do not forget this. There is a holiness that is required of us as believers to be godlike and have godly characteristics and qualities and um and to to have things that are of the fruit of God, um, to put away the flesh, to put away the things of this world. Colossians 3, I believe that's in. Maybe it's Colossians 4. I don't know. It's definitely Colossians 3. Put on the new self. I'm right there in my Bible. Um, so yeah, so prayer, ask for assistance. God, like, Jimmy at work today, uh, are he really, he really is getting to me. Like, uh, like, I need help being more patient with him and being more kind to him. Please help me out here. Um, pray for sickness. Pray for your brokenheartedness. Pray for your loneliness. That knowing just to, just even if it's just, Lord, just draw near to me. Draw near to my heart, Holy Spirit. Please draw near and give me that and come to me. We're not basing it on feelings. We're basing it on knowing his promises that he is always near. Once you stand in his truth, that is a rock that cannot be taken out. Lastly, step three, thanksgiving. Have a thankful heart, not only just for what he's doing, but who he is. That he is willing to, knowing that he is creator of all around us. That he is Isaiah 43. Verses 1 through 2, Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. 
He says it right there. I have called you by name. You are mine. He knows your name. Like I said earlier, he knows the hairs on your head. He is all-knowing, all-powerful, all-present. Take him out of the box and just let him reveal himself to you. Let him reveal his love, his forgiveness, his mercy, his grace. And have a thankful heart for who he is and what he's doing because he is fighting for you and he has already won the victory for you on the cross. So, like uh, the three steps, like I say, to help you in your prayer, uh, technically four, but three is prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. How do we do these things? You seek God first, first and foremost. You are seeking God first. Second, you are praying with faith. Matthew 21, verse 22. Pray with faith to the Father. He tells us later on, or earlier on, earlier on, that even a mustard seed can move of faith. A mustard, not a mustard seed, it's a mustard seed of faith. A mustard seed is one of those tiniest seeds at that time in Israel. Do not believe it still is. I don't think that matters. But pray with faith of a mustard seed, something just saying like, God, I I don't have a lot of faith, but please, if you can't, and it moves mountains, I'm telling you, you're going to start, I'm not telling you that all of a sudden you're just going to see an entire mountain crumble. I'm not going to say God can't do that either, but I'm going to say that there is, the mountain is going to just start deteriorating. What seemed like it was so steep, next thing you know, you're going to be on top of it, looking down, being like, I can't believe I was letting that affect me. I can't believe that that's gone. And you're going to be able to have such a more thankful and and uplifted and upbeat heart because you're going to, God is going to start showing you who, what he's capable of and who he is and how much, just how much he truly cares and loves you. So first and foremost, you're seeking God. Second, you're praying with faith. It actually reminds me of, um, I think it was a, was it a centurion? Um, but there's a, a verse in the Bible that is always, always, always stuck with me. Um, and I believe it's in Mark 11, um, where there's the, no, it's the father with the son. He's got a sick son, a demon-possessed son, and he comes to him and he's like, Lord, like, he's like, can you do this for me? And Jesus answers him like, yeah, I can. Do you believe I can? He's like, I believe, but help my unbelief. And sometimes we just need to come in prayer and be, tell God straight up, just be completely open, humble, open, transparent. Be be just genuine, be authentic. And just say, God, like, I believe, but but help my unbelief. Show me. Help me. Just get, bring that peace and that, that knowing that you're working and fighting for me. Um, and then another another three. Uh, so one, seek God first. Two, pray with faith. Three, prayer of a righteous man. Um, and we see this in James. Um, if I can figure out where I am in my reading here. In James 5, verse 16, we say, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. 
The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Um, there is none that do good, no, not one. We see that in Psalm 53, I believe. Um, I gotta look. I believe it's Psalm 53. It's right here in front of me anyway, so. Psalm 53. No, there is none who do good, no, not one. Um, but James 5.16, so. When with prayer of a righteous, we are not righteous on our own. There's nothing righteous about any of us. We wear his righteousness. We wear Jesus' righteousness that was brought in the flesh and then crucified and given to us before God that we could all, because Jesus of what his sacrifice did, that we could all wear that and be hidden in him and appear in one day in his second coming in glory before God in the heavens. Um, when a prayer of righteous, it relents the anger of God and um, over the sin and the iniquity and the transgressions. And yes, there are levels to it. Another podcast episode for that. Relents anger of God over our sins, transgressions, and iniquity um, and brings love and mercy and forgiveness. Um, and we see that in 2 Chronicles thirty twenty when Hezekiah prays for Israel and um, praise for the sins and God relents of his anger. We see it time and time again that God has a change in mind, a change in because he is so merciful in forgiveness because he does not want to see any perish. He just wants to see all come to him in eternal life. We were not made for lives apart from God. We were made to be with him. We were made to always be with him. He just wants our hearts. Um, So, I want to go back to uh, Philippians 4 real fast. Oh, no. I changed my page, and I don't know if I'm going to find it. Anyway, Philippians 4, 8 says, And once you pray with thanksgiving, um, and let the peace of God surround our hearts and consume our hearts. Um, place your faith that he is working for you, and his peace will surround your heart about all these situations. So I'm going to just run through one more time. First, pray. Lay it all out. Two, supplication. Humble thyself and ask for assistance from him. Grace. Three, pray with a thanksgiving and have a thankful heart. And you do all these with seeking God first, praying, wearing his righteousness in the spirit. Pray with faith. And place your faith in Jesus. So I'm going to end this. I know it's a little lengthy. Um, but I'm going to give you guys just a couple couple quotes. A couple little just talk down here. Um, just to keep on you at all times. And to know just a reassurance, a promise from God to you about who he is and how he he works through everything. In Psalm 147, we see 147 verse 3. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. If you are brokenhearted, if the world has got you down, he is nearest to you right now. I promise you right now, I don't know what it is you're going through. I don't need to know what it is you're going through. If you want to talk about it, I'm more than willing to talk about it. This is a safe zone with me. Um, but 
if you are brokenhearted, no matter relationship, family, work, friendship, whatever it is. Your fish died. I don't know. He is near you. He hears you. He hears your laments. I promise you, because I've gone through it recently. I've written him poems. I've written all kinds of stuff. Um, journaling is a great way of lamenting. I mean, one of the greatest major prophets in the book, uh, or in the Bible, is um, Jeremiah. And he's known as the weeping prophet. He wrote lamination or Lamentations. Um and it's such a beautiful book because at, in, in all of them he is upset and he's crying out to God and all and at the end of each of them he ultimately praises God for just who he is. So lay Jeremiah and if you need some inspiration, <laughs> go read that. Go read Song of Solomon, um, Ecclesiastes, but prayer. Jeremiah lays it all perfect, the prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving part. He prays. He lays it all out. He asks for grace. He asks for mercy and forgiveness. And he always ends with thanksgiving. It's seen. It's a theme that is seen over and over in the Bible. Um, But yeah, so Psalm 34, 18, brokenhearted. um, A reminder that Christ, his love, God's love for us, is so immense that in Romans 5 eight we see that God loved us so much that you know Christ died for us while we were still sinners. Um, and it's actually, I, I know this is going to be like a personal story, but um, I actually had a vision one time when in worship on a mere Tuesday night back in June um, where the song, I don't think, none of that matters. I'm just going to give a quick rundown of it. And it's like, in my, I was in my old life in my vision while I was sitting there worshiping, um, eyes closed, and I was in my, in my old life. I could see me. It was like a split screen. Like anyone ever play Call of Duty? It was like with your brother or your sister, you know, how you got that split screen. Um, but yeah, so like picture something like that to give a vision. And um, on, on the left side, I was partying. I was doing the things that I was not supposed to be doing. You know, like I was, I was in my iniquity, in my sin. And on the right was Jesus. He was nailed to the cross in that excruciating pain. He's barely holding on. He was bloodied, trembling. He was in tears. And I could see it clear as day. And I can remember, like, this is like I'm watching it on the TV. And it's like I remember seeing myself at this party and just looking up to him. And when I looked up to him in this vision, I just started to bawl. I started bawling down, like crying, not only in the vision, in my, in like reality. And it changed into just a scene of just Jesus standing there in his clean robe. He's smiling and he's, it's okay. You're forgiven is what you could, I could verbally and um, literally like hear from him in that moment. Um, So, he died for us while we're still sinners. Yearn for the closeness of God to come in his presence to be on your hearts, on your minds. Seek him under every single rock. Like I said earlier, everywhere you go, just be seeking him and seeking his presence and being guided by the Spirit to do and go what he has for you. Um, Another verse, everybody's favorite verse, kind of controversial these days, 
in a sense, not really for the church, but just in the world. Um, Psalm 139, verse 14, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, he's calling you by name. That's Isaiah 43. So just hold to that promise. Um, I'm actually going to end this with something that I've, I, a song I really like um, by Creed, who professed to be a Christian, um, like alternative band kind of thing. Um, the lyrics are actually very, very relatable if you sit and listen to them. It's harder music, not for everybody, uh, but there's these these lyrics in it. I don't want to read them real quick. They read, At times life is wicked and I just can't see the light. A silver lining sometimes isn't enough. To make some wrongs seem right, whatever life brings, I've been through everything. And now I'm on my knees again. But I know I must go on. Although I hurt, I must be strong. Because inside I know that many feel this way. Children, don't stop dancing. Believe you can fly. Um, And we see time and time again that dancing was a form of worship um, that a lot did. David was known for it. David was known for dancing before the Lord as an act of worship. Miriam and the woman, after um, everything happened and the exodus uh, from Egypt, were all dancing. Um, you see it in Jeremiah. You see it all across the Psalms. Um, in Psalm 30 is the best one. You turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy. That my heart may sing your praises and not be silent. Lord my God. I will praise you forever. So all the crying, the wailing you're doing now is soon to be joy. It's soon to be able to, you're going to dance on it. You're going to be loving it. And you're going to just, you're going to feel, not even just feel it. You're going to experience, you're going to know the joy of the Lord being your strength to push on forward. So if I could give you anything, let that, that song is my encouragement all the time in my times of difficulty. Get in your space, throw on that song, and just dance it off. <laughs> Literally, my advice, not only is it to the, the steps to prayer, but give that form of worship unto them. Dance it off. Dance and sing a praise to the Lord. Let all creation praise the Lord. That's Psalm, Psalm 150. Um, but yeah, I'm praying for you guys. Continue to pray for me, if you would, please. And We're all going to get through it together. <laughs> like When times seem tough, I promise you, there is light at the end of the tunnel, and that light is Jesus Christ. When our heads are bowed and we feel defeated, He comes in. He, he's our, he's the, he is the armor that we wear. Um, like I said, if you hadn't yet, I pray that you come to know Jesus. I pray that we could talk about it if you don't know that this is a space where I just want to show you the authentic Christ, the, the magnified Christ in, in me. And I pray constantly that you can all see it. Um, but yeah, so moving forward, go back, listen to the old ones. Peace, love, I'm praying for y'all.